It's time for JT the Brick. Las Vegas is Raider country. It's the dominant home of the Raider Nation. And it needs to be treated that way. It needs to be treated with the respect of an NFL city. Let's do it right. Let's not take two or three years to build up a Raider Nation in Vegas. Let's not take two years to build a radio show that sounds like an NFL show. Let's do it now and get it going and get the Raider fans feeling confident about a home. JT the Brick. We're going to get to the other side of this COVID, and then Las Vegas is going to surge into a premier sports radio market. You cannot be a sports radio market without the NFL. And now, here's JT the Brick. Uh, JT, yes, back with you. I love that old open. Remember, years ago, we put that together. Not years ago, year and a half ago. Worried about COVID, and COVID's bad. Hey, yesterday was a big day because the Pfizer vaccine was approved FDA. So I used my platform to tell everybody to get vaccinated, like the governor, like the previous president, the current president, like the head coach of the Raiders, like Bill Lambeer of the Aces. Anybody who has a position in media or some people that are coaches and players are all getting vaccinated. It's a small, small tiny, tiny, minuscule number of sports athletes, coaches, and executives who aren't vaccinated. Fact, not fiction. And most of the people have the ability to talk about it on the radio. If you get an opportunity, I mean, now that the Pfizer vaccine has been approved, as I tweeted out, there's no more excuses about research. If you don't want to do it and you're vehemently against it, don't do it. I'm not here to change your mind. But you can't come up with this bogus crap anymore that you need to do more research. You're lying. You're not doing any research. If you're researching, then you should be in a library 10 hours a day with big journals in front of you. You should go out and buy a microscope. You should go to class for epidemiology. Don't give me this crap you're doing research. If you don't want to do it, you don't want to take the vaccine, that's your choice. This is America. No one's going to come to your house and put a needle in your arm, but you're going to miss out because there's going to be mandates. There's a mandate for the Raiders that you need to be vaccinated to go to the games, period. You, me, nobody can change the opinion of the Raiders on that. I support that opinion because I'm pro-vaccine. I'm pro-vaccine. I would disagree with the opinion if the Raiders didn't go down this road and they had a bunch of people wearing a mask as they walked into Allegiant Stadium then pulling it down, eating a burger and not putting it back up again. Who wants to see that? Anywhere where you have 40, 50, 60,000 people during the Delta variant is a super spreader event, period unless you have people fully vaccinated. But there are some numbskulls that don't agree with that. We've been following COVID now for going on almost two years, and people still watch the news. 748 people died yesterday of COVID. Not the flu, not car accidents, not drug overdoses, COVID. So COVID is out of control in Florida, Las Vegas, a lot of spots around the country where they're going to tell you no restaurants, no bars, no concerts, no football games. It's coming. You know this already. So now you got the Pfizer vaccine. And I think what's really big is the discussion that parents are having with kids in college and younger kids that now could get the vaccine over the age of 12, which I would never infringe on your family and give you a recommendation. But the conversation is wide open. And as I always tie it back to sports, What's going to happen in sports, like happening with Delta Airlines and the MGM Resort and a lot of these companies and 
private institutions and universities, if you don't get vaccinated, you're not going to have your job. Or what they're going to do is they're going to say, you have to pay for your test every day. And people can't afford to do it, so you're going to look for another job. So you can fight this all you want. You know, Bill Maher said it. Uber to one side, and then there's people on the other side. He said, I took one for the team. I just did it because he thought it was right to help stop the virus. I took the vaccine to see my mom and dad. Period. That's all. JT, why'd you get vaccinated so early? I waited my turn in line till they called my name. I got vaccinated that day so I could fly. As you know, I talked about it so I could fly to Naples, Florida to see my parents. And then there still wasn't any guarantee what would happen. So I stand on my soapbox from time to time because when I tweet out and I I talk about this, the anti-vaxxers, the conspiracy theorists come out. And that's fine. They could do that because a lot of people hide behind, you know, social media. But the fact is, they are not invited to a Raider game. Used to be, hey, come, do this in Oakland all the time. In Oakland, there were tickets available. They didn't sell out every game. Everybody was invited to a Raider game. What's changed now in 2021, you are not invited to come to the best new stadium and the best experience in the entire NFL if you don't have a vaccine. So does that sound too personal? Can you handle that? Because a lot of these psycho, anti, anti-crazy people, they get offended if you tweet something. Well, how offensive is it to say you're not welcome to come to certain events if you're not vaccinated? And those same people now are going to say, well, I wanted 10 years of FDA experiments before they approved it. Good. Sit at home under your microscope with your New England Journal of Medicine. Do your own research and tell us when you get vaccinated. And then you'll be welcomed right into Allegiant Stadium. Big hugs from everybody. Everybody will be excited, excited to see you. I mean, this is not brain surgery, man. Vegas, 15, 16, 17% COVID positivity rate. One in every five people you come across has COVID right now in Vegas. That's alarming. And it's a new variant. And people are waiting now on booster shots or their first vaccine. It's a really big topic that I can tie into sports. I opened up the show. Who's the biggest Raider hater in the national media? And they put that out here on a poll, and it is out there right now. Who is the biggest Raider hater in, in the Raider nation? And Q put out the poll. He, he put it out, Mike Lombardi, Colin Coward, Mike Florio, and Mike Silver. Interesting. Interesting. Those are the four that made the poll. And uh, that's it. And Wow. That's the poll question. Q's put it out there. Let's see how it plays out. Who do you believe is the biggest Raider hater? And I'd like your opinion on this. 702-365-9200 as we open up the show. we got a good hour to do this, so it's a good time to get through if you want to get through. Michael in San Diego, you're up next. Hi, JT. I was just thinking about the Raider haters in general, and I really wouldn't worry about it because, like, as a brand, we're everywhere. So every time I see, like, an away game and there's tons of, like, Raider fans, you know, we say something like we travel really well, and that's not the case. We're just everywhere. And if you look at a brand like the Chargers, where they're worshiping Herbert right now, like, I listen to the radio in L.A. all the time, and I can assure you nobody cares about the Chargers in L.A. whatsoever. And if we want, like, more recognition on, like, the radio and the media, I think that, we should probably put out a better product on the field mm-hmm. before we expect to hear more about Max Crosby and Josh Jacobs because if we start making the playoffs and doing well, then we have something to stand on, and I think they'll talk about us more instead of worrying about haters. 
Yeah, I, well, no, it's it's a point. You make a good point. The Raider Nation can't shut up these people unless they win games, right? Correct. So, yeah, so I, I, I've been on the front lines of that. I, I know yeah. that. You know, I'm on the front lines of that, and that's why I don't. That's why I usually don't pick the Raiders' season win total. I can't win with that. If I pick nine games, people call me. You don't think they'll make the playoffs? If I pick 12 games, people go, you're nuts, you're a homer. That's why I open it up on the phones here. But until Carr and Gruden and the Raiders get to the playoffs, that's the ultimate way of shutting up everybody and then going back to these people and calling out their mistakes. Correct, yeah. That's how I feel. Thanks for the call. Uh, this is it. The the poll the poll is up there. Well, I'm going to let you look at it at Raider Nation Radio, 9:20 a.m. 702-365-9200. Ruben in Vegas who won Raiders tickets. How are you, Ruben? Good, JT. Good. How about yourself? Hopefully, all doing well. With the family, the kids, and everybody. Thank you. Really quick, uh, now I'm gonna go locally, man. I'm gonna go locally, and, and, and a disclaimer: it's all love, it's, you know, it's all love, it's all love. But I'm gonna go locally with one of your guys' colleagues at the sister station. I'm gonna say Tyler Bischoff. He always, I listen back and forth in the mornings, you know, from shows, and and Tyler Bischoff, man, he always talking bad about the Raiders, man. I mean, we gotta win, we gotta win, shut them up. But he always kind of always has something negative to say about us. That's how I feel. That's just me. Well, I'm not up in that morning unless I'm going to my new trainer at that time, so I don't get a chance to hear him and my good friend Ed Graney as much as I'd like to, as I'm sure they're having lunch when my show's on. But interesting to hear. That's the first local nominee we have for Biggest Raider Hater. Yeah, it's it, like I said, it's all love. But I do listen back and forth to shows so I work in the morning. So but Tyler Bishop, he hates because Cassie Soto went on Q's show the other, a couple mm. weeks ago, and he's hating on her. And Cassie does good work. I love her work. You should have her on your show yep. too sometimes. But, but it's, it's all fun. It's all love. But once we do win, like you said, make these playoffs, we'll shut them up. Yeah, there's a lot of, again, I've said that. That's why I'm having this in fun. I opened up the show. I said I, I don't mention names normally. Appreciate the call. But, you know, I'll cryptically mention, and you'll get an idea of what I'm talking about. But, you know, Colin Coward today had the Raiders 7-10. and 7-10, and 10, but with no analysis. Zero. Zero analysis. But the love fest for Justin Herbert was just oozing. You know, Chargers are going to be great. Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert. Well, Derek Carr is arguably better than Justin Herbert, stats-wise or equal, pretty close to him. And even if you want to say Justin Herbert's got better upside than Derek Carr, you know, Derek Carr's had a long career so far, and he seems to be getting better and getting back to MVP form. No mention. And, if, and then if you ask someone... If you ask anyone who says why the Raiders 7-10, and 10, they don't have an answer. Their answer is, well, they, they're rebuilding their offensive line. They don't know that Trent Brown had to be removed. Had to be removed from the organization because he was lazy and a bum. He was lazy and he stole money. Now, if they threw that up there and they said, you know, the Raiders got rid of their offensive line because they were trying to take money and put it to the defensive line. Fact. They got rid of Trent Brown because he was a bust and stole money fact put that in there saying Gabe Jackson was a good player but the Raiders didn't want to pay him that money they thought they had a capable backup in Simpson and then the and then the, the analyst said but you know it's going to be a really big loss without Rodney Hudson a pro bowler I would agree with that and I hope that Andre James can play great if you look at the scenario of who's going to step up and who's going to make plays and step in on the offensive line that's fair analysis so imagine someone in another market 
saying, you know, the Raiders are going to lose more games than last year because they blew up their offensive line. They didn't blow up their offensive line. They got rid of a bum in Trent Brown who was stealing money. He had to be removed from Vegas in the organization. He had to be removed. Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson didn't want to be here anymore. Rodney, who won the Commitment to Excellence Award, who I think the world of, I presented it to him multiple times, didn't want to be here. And did Rodney go to a better team? Did Rodney go from the Raiders to the Packers or Tampa Bay? No. Rodney's not on a better team than he was when he was here. Gabe Jackson might have went to a better team than the Seahawks. But, I mean, they've been drafted on the offensive line, and Tom Cable's the coach. But people don't know that. They don't say that in their analysis. They just say the Raiders are going to be worse because they blew up their offensive line. Wow. That's your analysis? Yeah, that's the analysis. Joe in L.A. on the Raider flagship station. Hello, Joe. Hey, JT. First time caller to your show. Um, I appreciate you being on your soapbox. I survived COVID, and I get real Mm -hmm. emotional every time I tell this story, is that I took precautions, and I got it from somebody who didn't. Mm-hmm. And I took every step possible. I was proactive. And luckily, I, I admitted myself to the hospital, but I barely made it. And I have a compromised immune system. And when people argue that about this whole vaccine that politicizes that, you don't have the freedom or the right to infect other people and possibly kill them. And that's where I stand. And I think what Mark Davis did is a brilliant thing because you're right. People intentionally will go into the stadium, make the excuse that they're eating, make the excuse that they're drinking, or for whatever political reasons or whatever nonsense reasons, they'll take off the mask and make an excuse about it. So from me, a a COVID survivor, I appreciate you on your soapbox. Thank you. Breaking news. Appreciate the call. Matt Mayoko, who's a great writer, columnist, insider for the 49ers, former Raiders wide receiver Cliff Branch and 15-year NFL head coach Dick Vermeil were selected as the senior finalist and coach finalist, respectively. The Pro Football Hall of Fame's class of 2022, a panel of Hall of Fame selectors met virtually to make the selections. Wow, this is emotional reading this right now. This is unbelievable news for Cliff Branch as the only player, as the senior finalist in Dick Vermeil. This is a great moment for Cliff Branch. An unbelievable moment for Cliff, as Matt Mayoko reports this. This is incredible. This is great news. And I'm so emotionally overwhelmed right now. This is great news for Cliff Branch and his family, as he's been named a finalist. And this should be enough. I'm not counting kegs. I'm not making guarantees. This should be enough for Cliff Branch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is fantastic. I'm sure uh, Q's going to be talking about it. Everybody's going to talk about this. Phenomenal news for Mark Davis and the Raider organization. And now that we'll have more information on this, this is why you have a flagship radio station. Man, I said when I walked out of the Hall of Fame with my wife, I don't know when I'm going to come back here. I don't know when I'm going to come back again. Well, with this news right now, we could be back in Canton next year for one of the great Raider parties of all time for the late, great Cliff Branch. Hopefully more news on this as we continue. 702-365-9200. Who's the biggest Raider haters in the media, national or local? Bill and Henderson. How are you, Bill? 
Hey, good, JT. Thanks. Hey, that is great news for Cliff Branch. I'll, I'll be wearing my jersey to, to promote it. You know, I, I saw that last year Drew Pearson got in over him, and I was like, what? you got to be kidding me. But uh, getting to you on the uh, the Raider haters, uh, WFAN in New York. I'm a Long Island guy like you, mm-hmm. and Mike Francesa and Chris Russo were always trashing the Raiders. So, that, you know, those two come to mind. Yeah, I, you know, I, I grew up not listening a lot to WFAN, but I don't notice that at all. You know, I work on Sirius XM where Christopher Mad Dog Russo was the king of WFAN and, you know, Mike Francesa back in the day. I don't remember a lot of Raiders talk, but I'll I'll take your word if you yep. believe that. Uh, JT, quick question for you. Are we going to see Andre James this week? Um, yeah, That's a really good point. Thanks for the call. I, I don't okay. know. And thank you, because they're going up against two really good defenses in Baltimore and Pittsburgh back-to-back. Is there anything that you're going to see from Andre James in this game that's going to change what the Raiders can do? And if he goes down to an injury, and he's this, you know he's right there trying to work with Derek Carr going into this game, I'll be in the building tomorrow and I'll ask. I'll go into the building tomorrow and ask, but I don't need to see him. I mean, he Tom Cable's got him ready. Tom Cable's got him ready. I want to see some of the guys on defense. The defense was a nightmare last year. I want to see more guys on defense stepping up and playing big and getting some reps. Allen in Vegas, you're up next on Raider Nation Radio. What's up, JT? Uh, first off, congrats to Cliff. I hope we can get him in uh, this year. He absolutely deserves every bit of it. But my top haters in my book, tied for first, Skip Bayless and Colin Cowherd. Uh, for some reason, the past few years, they've been choosing Denver as a wild card team uh, without knowing their quarterback situation, especially this year with Bridgewater and Locke going head-to-head. But they always hate on the Raiders, JT. Yeah, I don't watch any of Skip. I think that, you know, I don't watch Skip. I'm a Shannon guy. Thanks for the call. And I mentioned Colin opening up the show where if the Raiders are doing well, Colin will ask for a guest and Colin will get a Raider on. If the Raiders start off 4-1, and one, they'll be Raiders on his show. But, you know, that's, there's a Southern California bias going on right now, and it's a big one. It's a huge one. And the Chargers are right there in the backyard, and a lot of people are buying into that. I understand why. I lived in L.A. for 10 years. But I also know that the Chargers haven't done anything in my lifetime. They, they did beat the Raiders a bunch. LaDainian Tomlinson went to the Hall of Fame by going through the Oakland Raiders. I mean, he dominated the Oakland Raiders, and Junior Seau, who was a friend and friend of the show, went to the Hall of Fame on what he did against the Raiders, but the Chargers didn't win a Super Bowl. The Chargers media and the few Chargers supporters out there are so against the Raiders because their life is miserable around Raider fans. So I understand their personality and what their problem is. It's pretty obvious to see. 702-365. 9,200 as we continue. Coming up next, Jameis Winston had a big game. I think he's a hell of a quarterback. I really do. And he's getting a second chance and he deserves it. What about Trevor Lawrence? And we'll get into why Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota haven't played in the preseason. And is that a good move? JT, as we roll on, excited about this Cliff Branch news as a finalist for the Hall of Fame. That's great.
James will be out of the shotgun. Three receivers to his right. There's the snap. Straight back in the pocket. Lofting it up to left side. Looking for Callaway again. And I think he makes the catch. And I do believe that is a touchdown. Touchdown, Saints. JT, as we continue, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Hope everybody's having a good day. A lot to get to today as we lead to the Raiders and the Battle of the Bay. If you want to talk about that, Battle of the Bay. I lived it back in the day, and it felt like it meant a lot when the Raiders played the 49ers the week that was. We're brought to you by Five Iron Golf. Thanks to Kenny and the team over there. I was there middle of last week. It was fantastic. Eight Trackman Golf Simulators working on my swing. Man, I got to get out and find some time to play golf because I think Five Iron's getting me ready. Club fitting lessons, Monday and Tuesday night leagues. The beauty of Five Iron is that everyone can have a good time. It's a place for serious golfers. Well, just a great place to hang out and drink with your friends. Get out there to Area 15 and check out Five Iron Golf, a proud partner of ours, and we're thrilled to have them. So one of the big topics on my show last night is the competition at the quarterback position and who's playing, who's not going to play, and it really is all we have for the preseason nationally. I mean, it's a slow offseason in the NFL. It's still COVID, the number one story. And the second story is what quarterbacks are going to play. And Jameis Winston last night, I've always been a fan of Jameis Winston. He's a hell of a quarterback. Jameis Winston won the Heisman Trophy, a national championship, has thrown for 5,000 yards in a season. You better believe he's a hell of a quarterback. Last night against Jacksonville, he came out, he was 9 of 10 for 123 yards, two touchdowns versus the Jaguars on Monday Night Football. So that's who everybody's talking about today. I got up earlier today, and you turn on the debate shows or just watching SportsCenter, and this is the only content that's available. When starting quarterbacks and former number one quarterbacks or rookie quarterbacks are playing, of course, that's the content of the day. Jameis Winston had a 124.8 quarterback rating last night, 73% completion percentage and three touchdowns and an interception. So we outplayed Taysom Hill, and it pretty much looks like he's going to be the starter in New Orleans. And that's a pretty good backup quarterback to become the starter again. You see, Jameis should have never been a backup quarterback. He was in Tampa Bay. Again, he threw for big yards. He had too many interceptions, and the interceptions killed him. And then the Tom Brady move, where else was there for Jameis Winston to go? So Jameis ends up landing behind Drew Brees. And when that happened, I said it was pretty obvious to me that this is the best thing that's going to happen to Jameis Winston because he's going to sit behind Drew Brees for a year and he's going to be in the quarterback room with Sean Payton. And to be there with Sean Payton, are you kidding me? That's incredible. That's exactly what you want. You want to learn from the best. One of the great play callers out there who can get your mind right and get you going again. So that's what we're seeing with Jameis Winston. But the point I want to make, and I'll tie it into the Raiders, is that when you don't play your starting quarterback in the preseason, any reps, he's going to be open to scrutiny, number one. Number two, he's going to be safe. He's not going to get injured, which is a great thing unless something happens at practice, which is a fluke, and your quarterback's not supposed to get hurt at practice. But you're going to keep your quarterback safe, and most of the teams are doing that this year. But last night it was great to watch Trevor Lawrence play. You know, he didn't play poorly. He played a pretty good game. But getting back to Jameis Winston, they're making him earn it because Taysom Hill can do a lot of things. Taysom Hill can come in there. I don't think Taysom Hill can play 17 weeks at quarterback in this league. I don't think he can. 
But Jameis Winston, I think, could have a bounce-back year. He could be the comeback player of the year. And if he had Michael Thomas, the great wide receiver, I truly think that Jameis Winston could lead this team to the playoffs, and that would be a wild-card berth in the playoffs in general. So when you look at what they have there, they have a good coach, they have a really good defense, and I think they have a decent culture in New Orleans that can get them up and running again with an opportunity to get to the playoffs. But I think the Michael Thomas injury or the late surgery is really going to hold them back a bit this year. But I'm a Jameis Winston guy. I tell the story if I told it recently. I don't remember. I apologize. But I, I interviewed him at the Super Bowl after his rookie year on Radio Row, and he was one of the greatest gentlemen I've ever interviewed. I mean, I put him up on the Mount Rushmore. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Exchange phone numbers at the time. I mean, he, was, he couldn't have been a class act. And he came in with a reputation from the crab legs in college at Florida State. Young kid. Young kids make mistakes. But I was looking back at some of his stats in Tampa Bay where he came into the league in 2015. He had 22 touchdowns, 28 touchdowns, 19-19. And then in 2019, his last year, he had 33 touchdowns. And get this, the guy was incredible when it came to throwing the football. He threw for 5,000. 109 yards the problem was he had 30 interceptions 30 and that's a lot to have but not when you're throwing the ball 627 times so Jameis Winston already has three seasons over 4,000 yards passing he did that his rookie year he did it his second year he's a durable quarterback and he's got a 5,000 yard season so we'll see if he's going to end up playing I think he's going to be the starter I think he's going to be a hell of a player, and I'm rooting for him. I really am rooting for Jameis Winston. I think he could play at a very high level in this league, and it was really good to see Trevor Lawrence last night, even though they don't have a great offensive line. Urban Meyer clearly wondering if this team is going to be able to get in a rhythm and play at a much higher level. Uh, After the game, Urban Meyer talked about the fact that they don't have a lot of balance right now, and he's got to work on that with the team. We're not balanced right now, and when you get, you know, you get stuffed on, we're too many second and off off schedule plays in the first half. You know, three threes and out, other than that one first down. So that, and then then the red zone this, uh, today. I, you know, Trevor did a nice job on that two minute drill, and maybe it'll pound it in there. So I uh, got to get our offense line back and playing better. You know, and and uh, run the ball. And Trevor Lawrence talked also. This is great. I like Trevor Lawrence. He's got unbelievable composure. And he talked about wanting to be a more mobile quarterback. You know, he didn't have to be very mobile at Clemson. He was able to just be a rocket arm guy, fade back. The offensive line held up. Guys got open by two or three yards. Now Trevor Lawrence is talking about wanting to make some plays with his legs. I thought I made some plays with my legs, which was an emphasis that I wanted to to do this week better than I did last week. Got out of the pocket a couple times. Um, so that was an improvement, but overall, as an offense, as a team, got a lot of work to do, but I, I think we're heading in the right direct direction for sure. So that was an interesting game for me last night, and it's got all the attention today, and everybody's talking about it. Why? Because it was content, and we're looking for content. And we haven't gotten a lot of content from the Raiders when it comes to quarterback play, because Derek Carr is not going to play. Marcus Mariota couldn't go against the Rams, and Nathan Peterman's played the first two games. And I like Nathan Peterman, and so does John Gruden. Nathan Peterman's not a third-string quarterback. He's technically a second-string quarterback. And a couple of my friends have asked me, why does Gruden keep Peterman? 
Well, I think it's for a number of reasons. Number two, he's comfortable with three quarterbacks, especially in the COVID era. If one goes down to COVID, one has injuries, it's good to have a third-string quarterback. And the most important thing is he knows, he knows Gruden's playbook as good as anybody walking on God's green earth other than Derek Carr. So Peterman can play, and if he gets let go and released and another team picks him up in the division, Kansas City, the Chargers, or Denver, as a backup, not a starter, he brings the entire Raider playbook and Gruden's mind to that new team. So I think there's a sense of security of having Nathan Peterman around, and I think he's a really good player. I don't like the fact that Derek Carr isn't playing. It's a really important topic that we're talking about. I understand why Gruden's sitting out to play it safe. I get it. And that's more important now considering the injuries that the Raiders have suffered the last couple of days. They can't afford to lose Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a weapon and an asset, especially these first two games, going up against Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger. If Carr was injured and those two quarterbacks were not, I don't have enough confidence that Marcus Mariota can come in and win a game. And why aren't we seeing more of Marcus Mariota? He's got to be available. And John Gruden talks about availability all the time. But Marcus wasn't available. He was in an emergency role in that game in Los Angeles. So we're going to find out more. I'll be at practice tomorrow. I'll be in the building tomorrow. I'd like to see. I really would like to see Marcus Mariota play a half. I'd love to see Derek Carr play a quarter. That's not going to happen. I'd like to see some of these young guys who haven't proved themselves in this league go out there and play. But I understand what John Gruden's doing now. It's too late after OTAs, after a preseason, after two preseason games to risk it all. But you're going to see Trey Lance, and you might see Jimmy Garoppolo again, and you're going to scratch your head and say, why aren't the Raiders putting out their best players? Because I think John Gruden's made the pivot. He understands that this roster is still a work in progress because of some of the players that they drafted in the past who aren't able to step up, let alone be available. Gruden can't afford another major injury to a star player on this team. So shut him down, put him in bubble wrap, get a good week of practice, come out of the Niner game, and then the Raiders, who are already game planning for Baltimore, who, by the way, have won 19 preseason games in a row. 19 preseason games in a row, everybody. How insane is that? They don't remember what it was like to lose. They're coming in, and they have some injuries too. And I wonder what that game's going to look like early. Will that game be sloppy? I'm hoping it's sloppy for Baltimore because Allegiant Stadium is so loud, so loud that people are going crazy, and Lamar Jackson has to call a timeout or he has to work off of hand signals, and that better happen. It better happen in the first game ever played with fans at Allegiant Stadium. And we'll figure it out. And, you know, Lamar Jackson's in the news for a lot of different reasons. Uh, He said something today out of Owing Mills, Maryland. He's been playful. I think he's been very weird. Some call him charismatic. His mood. This Tuesday, earlier today, he heard the talk that the NFL will catch up with him this season. Last week, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reported that people around the league have told him This might be the year that everybody figures out Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson said, we're going to see, but I doubt it. I strongly doubt it. Coming in for the first ever game with fans at Allegiant Stadium is the 2019 MVP, the youngest quarterback to win the MVP in NFL history, leading the league in touchdown passes, 36, and setting a record for most rushing yards by a quarterback, 1,000 
206. Now, his numbers dipped a little bit last season, but he still ranked seventh in total QBR and finished ninth in the league in rushing. It's imperative that they tackle him. And the Raider defense has their fastest team available and their best tacklers out for Monday night. So what we're going to do the rest of the week is we're clearly going to talk about the Raiders preseason, what we see at practice and all that, which is going to be very important. But then we're going to get into the full game plan of Baltimore. And fortunately, I got a lot of guys in Baltimore, insiders that are going to come on already booked. And then we're going to come in with our insiders who we have gridded out in the schedule. And you're going to hear the best insiders in all of Raider Nation on this show every week, the entire season. And I've been talking about it today. I'm proud to announce that we have a brand new podcast that I am leading. Once a Raider, always a Raider. The Raiders put it out yesterday on Twitter and on Facebook and out on their website. It's going to be a unique podcast, and we're recording it as we speak, and we're putting it out now in chunks. I've been working on it throughout the summer. We are going to profile the life and careers of two Hall of Famers who just got in, Tom Flores and Charles Woodson. It's four episodes each. And we begin with Tom Flores' best friend, Paul McGuire, who played his entire career with Coach Flores in the AFL. Only 20 guys to do that. And Paul McGuire, we had a chance to spend time with in Canton, Ohio. He's Tom Flores' all-time best friend. And they are like brothers. And he's going to be the first edition of our first episode that drops this Friday. So please, if you're, I know you're a Raider fan, you're listening to Raider Nation Radio, do me a favor. You can go on Spotify, Apple, Go to the Raiders site and just subscribe. It's free to Once a Raider, Always a Raider. And then we'll get into Tom Flores, four parts, and then four parts on Charles Woodson that we're doing now. And it's going to be really special. The conversations, the information that we bring you are going to be something very unique and get you up to speed, not only on their Hall of Fame careers, but their life off the field. Once a Raider, Always a Raider, where you download your podcast on the official Raiders team podcast. 702-365-9200. If you want to comment on Jameis Winston or all these other quarterbacks who have played, who are playing now, and why the Raiders are sitting Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota, I asked this yesterday. I'd like to ask it again because we didn't get the feedback that I wanted to hear. What do you want to see from Carr, Mariota in this final game? Knowing that you're not going to see most likely Carr, what do you expect to see from Marcus Mariota as we continue on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m.? I don't know about that. You know, we're we're right now we're going to look at our injury situation at linebacker. We've had great practices. We had two really good practices against the Rams. So we got to look at the health of our team, most importantly, and um, we got to see who's on the bubble, who we really need to see to make this football team. And uh, we would like to get some of the guys a few reps, but at the end of the day, I think health and uh, keeping the right 53 is at the top of our list right now. John Gruden, what a day emotionally. Charlie Watts passed away, the 80-year-old drummer for the Rolling Stones. I met my wife at a Rolling Stones concert. It has a big impact in the DNA of my life. Charlie, rest in peace. Just the breaking news less than a half hour ago, Cliff Branch and Dick Vermeil have been selected as the senior and coach finalist for the Hall of Fame class of 2002. That should be good enough for Cliff. It should be. But I just got off the phone with Fred Bolitnikoff. I talked to him 
very quickly. I'll call him after the show. Fred's very optimistic, too. Got to get the votes. Got to get the votes. There are some anti-Raider Cliff Branch guys in the vote, but the Raiders hope and many hope that there are enough voters to get the three out of five for Cliff. It should be a done deal because they put Cliff up there as a senior finalist. That should be good enough for Cliff. If they don't do it after not letting Cliff in all of these decades, then put him up and don't let him in. It would be the ultimate slap in the face. I am very optimistic on Cliff Branch. Enough so to book my room and get ready to go back to Canton. And when this becomes official, and hopefully we know this at the Super Bowl, that everybody can get on the phones and start start booking airline tickets. This could be one of the great parties. I mean, Cliff's dead. Unfortunately, he's not with us. I emceed Snake's party. I was the MC for Coach Flores. Imagine if we're there for Cliff and throwing a party. little disco, scene, disco theme, little R&B. Think of the music for Cliff Branch at the Hall of Fame and who would be there because Cliff won all three Super Bowls for the Raiders. He's got teammates from the 70s, you know, Super Bowl eleven all the way through Super Bowl eighteen, and all the other teammates. It's a big, big deal. A fun show today. Who's the biggest Raider hater? Who is the biggest Raider hater in the media? And there's a poll question that they put up at Raider Nation Radio. Uh, here it is. Let me read you the results here. Because there's a couple of Cliff Branch announcements here. It's taking me a second to scroll down. All right, who's the biggest Raider hater in the media? Mike Lombardi, Colin Coward, Mike Florio, Mike Silver. Lombardi, 14%. Colin Coward, 24%. Florio, 50%. Mike Silver, 12%. So I'm not a big poll question guy, but sometimes they work. And it's up there. If you want to get one more vote in, let me know. Uh, Let's get out to... Mike in Staten, Italy. What's going on, Mikey? How are you? Yo, JT. I, I, I know there's a little backstory with Coward. Uh, when Gruden was on Monday Night Football, he got into it a little with, uh, he said he didn't like the uh, tabloid sports talk, you know, the, the page six of the sports talk. So uh, he took offense to that. So I could definitely, my vote's for him if I would have saw that. Hey, JT, you mentioned this before. Have you ever been to the stadium in Seattle? the new stadium with the 12th man. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a great stadium. It's the loudest stadium I've ever been to in my life for a preseason football game. The Raiders used to play their final preseason game in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. Mike, I couldn't hear myself on the sideline interviewing players. It's that special. It's that loud. It's legit. So that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think Allegiant stadium has a shot to be? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think it could be just as loud because it's a dome and because of the way the acoustics were built from the people that I've talked about. And they're trying to dial it in for concerts. It's going to be a really big test with Guns N' Roses on Friday. Do they dial in that music because it's aggressive music? Do they dial it in right? But for football, all that sound rises. I was there at the preseason game, Mike. I couldn't hear myself talk. It was amazing. Oh, that's great. Hey, here's one football question. JT, has, has Gruden seen enough from Peterson to say he's evolved because he definitely has the arm and he has the reflexes. Does, has he shown enough that we can trade Mariana uh, for, yeah. for a high draft pick? Yeah, I agree with that. Appreciate the call. That's why it's a very good point. That Gruden is comfortable with Peterman. Peterman can run the Raider offense. He's a, he's a wizard with the playbook. That's why Gruden keeps him around. 
Gruden keeps him around because he knows that playbook inside and out. And Gruden always was – Peterman had a bad quarter, a bad half in San Diego with the Bills, and it's been on his resume his entire life. And Gruden believes in him and thinks highly of him. I'd like to see Marcus Mariota play. Marcus Mariota – and I like Marcus. We haven't spent many much time with him. But for Marcus to be on this team and not play and not be available – Due to injuries that time, come on. I mean, the guy's got to play. I know he's trying to play through this calf strain, but they need him. They need him to be able to step up and play. So I think it's really important on that. And uh, before we get out of here, Bobby, nice job switching up at the Rolling Stones. We're both going to Guns N' Roses. Neil Peart passed away from my band Rush. And you know how important the Rolling Stones are to me. And it wasn't surprising, but when they took Charlie off the tour – for his condition, you would think with the medical and the doctors and the staff that getting rest, Charlie was going to come back at some point later in the tour, and he passes away today. I know. I always thought that even if he took this tour off, he'd still be around to come back for another one, but I guess not. No, that would be it. So that happens, and, you know, when you got a guy in his 80s playing drums, man, what a life. Can you imagine the view that Charlie Watts had? Think of the view that he had. Think of the parties Brazil. he had. Yeah, not only the parties, but the view in that drum kick, looking out in front of him as Mick Jagger is out on the big tongue portion of the stage, sometimes, you know, 40 yards away from him, keeping beat, and Mick's just exploding to 80,000 fans. It's a pretty good view to have your whole life as a drummer. You know, you think he, of the he was the drummer for the greatest rock and roll band in the world through the 60s, yeah. the 70s, the 80s. Can you imagine? Yeah, it's been an incredible life, and, you know, he goes out – as the drummer of arguably the greatest band of all time. I know there's a bunch of people that would look at other ones, Zeppelin, who, the Beatles, who are the greatest bands of all time, but the Stones are on everyone's Mount Rushmore, and that's a big day. And I think it's okay because the Rolling Stones have a great backup drummer now who will be the drummer for the Rolling Stones coming in now going forward and a great technician. So as long as you, know, it, when you lose a member like that, the band loses part of its DNA, but the Stones prove that the music must go on the music must go on and they're in the middle of a tour next man up and uh, they'll pay respects to charlie watts every night i'm sure it'll be amazing afl godfather tweets thank you pro football hall of fame senior committee for acknowledging clip brand's significant contribution to the raiders success this is the first major step forward fantastic fantastic as this goes here so the Pro Football Hall of Fame Committee selected former Raiders wide receiver Cliff Branch and its senior nominee as its senior nominee and Dick Vermeil as its coaching nominee. And that should, Dick Vermeil should get into. He's had a great career. You know, Raiders beat him in the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 15, but he won the Super Bowl as the Rams won for the greatest show on turf, which is really special there. My wife went to the Aviators game last night with a bunch of girlfriends. They had a great time, and they actually stayed to the end of the game the other night in that uh, walk-off game. So I'm looking forward to getting out and seeing the Aviators, uh, the whole crew over there. That's where I live, over by the stadium there, and it's great to see. So that's where we're at there. Uh, tonight on my national show, a couple of good guests. If you want to catch me at night, take a break right now. When we're back on every night, 7 to 10 p.m. on Sirius XM. Uh, tomorrow, I'm at the Raider facility, and we have a show from there tomorrow which I'm excited about as the Raiders return to practice. 
Eddie Pascal will join us to talk about our new podcast on the Raiders Podcast Network. I'd appreciate it if you can sign up now. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Four-part podcast with Tom Flores and then another four parts about Charles Woodson. And it'll have a long shelf life as it talks about their impact in professional football, but especially with the silver and black. Thanks to everybody. We'll update the poll. Who are the biggest Raider haters? I won't do that show again. That was a one-off show. You listen to it, I'm happy you heard it. I'll move on from that. Let's see the Raiders answer their critics by making the playoffs. Make our life a lot easier so we won't have to do this again. Have a great day, everybody. I'm going to get in the agua and have an ice-cold Modelo right now. Have a good day, you guys.